This is the Law Podcasting Podcast, where you learn how to use modern media to get your message out and more good clients to your law practice. Here's your host, Gordon Firemark. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back. This is episode number three of the Law Podcasting Podcast. I'm your host, Gordon Firemark, and this is the show where I bring you information about how lawyers can use the power of podcasting to support and develop their business, even if they're not podcasting specifically about the law or legal topics. My guest today is Jim Hart. Jim is a solo lawyer practicing in Cary, North Carolina, and his website is jamesheartlaw.com. Jim's been a solo practitioner since about 2005, and he has what he describes as a lifestyle practice. And we're going to talk a little bit about that. But basically, he limits the number of clients that he takes on to keep things small and provide a level of personal attention and high level of client service to his clients. So that's very interesting. But we are here to talk about podcasting, and Jim is a podcaster. He's the producer and host of the Legal Marketing Made Easy podcasting uh, podcast at LegalMarketingMadeEasy.com. It's a weekly podcast that teaches and educates other lawyers about how to build and grow a law practice using principles of direct response and permission-based marketing. Jim also recently launched the Legal Marketing Made Easy Academy, which is an online training program that provides advanced coaching and training to lawyers on the same topics that he covers in the podcast, legal marketing through direct response and permission-based marketing. Jim Hart, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, you're very welcome. Thanks for having me. So let's talk a little bit, first of all, about your practice. Tell me what you, what you do and what you like and, and this lifestyle stuff. Tell me, fill me in. Well, I've been a solo attorney since 2005, as you mentioned, and um, I started off in Florida, practiced in Florida for about four or five years, and then my wife and I decided we wanted to raise a family, and we moved to North Carolina, took the bar exam here, and reopened my law practice here, basically uh, taking all the mistakes that I made when I practiced in Florida and and learning from them, and, and then starting my practice over here. That was a big endeavor. It was a, a big... Um, a big thing to do, mm-hmm. especially at that point in our lives. Um, but it worked out great, and I've been practicing here now for about four years. Um, I've got a small family and divorce law practice here in Cary, and um, you know, I, I, I keep my practice small. Um, I try and provide a lot of value to my clients, a lot of personal attention, and um, the clients seem to have responded. And you indicated in an email that we exchanged that you're transitioning your practice a little bit. You're, you're developing another practice area as well. I am developing another practice area. I'm looking to do some more transactional work, um, less on the litigation side. And again, this kind of fits with my whole uh, trying to build a lifestyle practice. And, uh, you know, as you may or may not know, um, when you're doing litigation, it can be a grind. Your schedule and is not your own. <laughs> that's right. Especially when you're doing family and divorce law. Um, it can be very contentious. And so I've been doing this for about 10 years now. And I've thought, you know, at some point I want to see if I can maybe step up, step back and pick up a different practice area that's less on the litigation side, more okay. on the transactional um, side. And so I'm looking at, at, at more of a corporate practice, mm-hmm. uh, maybe internet law, something to do with all that and podcasting and everything else. So, mm-hmm. Well, let's talk uh, about podcasting. Uh, when did you first get started with podcasting? You know, it's funny. Um, I was thinking about that question. I actually did a couple episodes of a podcast when I was still in Florida, and this was probably um, 2007 or 2008. But at the time, I didn't really know what I was doing, or I didn't know that it was actually called a podcast. Um, you know, I probably maybe one or two episodes, and that was that was it. I see. Um, 
and I was interviewing other lawyers about legal marketing because I've always had an interest in that. Mm-hmm. And uh, but that but then recently, most recently, I launched my podcast back in October. Okay of this past year. And, you know, I can't say for sure what initially drew me to that, but I think, you know, I started listening to other podcasters. I was looking for information on marketing, um, legal marketing, and other things of that sort um, last summer, I would say, probably about a year ago this time. And I started listening to podcasts, and I, and I started to realize how you know, I was really getting engaged with the podcast. You know, you'd be listening to these people and it's almost like you knew who they were. It's like they were your best friends that you were just, you know, sitting in on a conversation with, you know, once a week or twice a week or however often it was. Mm-hmm. And I just, it really started, it's something that I, I, I thought, you know, this is something I need to look into. And um, so at some point I bought a microphone um, and I did this bare bones, by the way. I don't have a mixer. I still to this day do not have a mixer. I've got a relatively inexpensive microphone. I think it's 30 or 40 bucks. Um, and I use free software on my MacBook to basically produce the podcast. Mm-hmm. I did spend some money to get a professional intro and outro done. Sure. Um with Timothy Page, who's great if you've I don't know if you've heard of him sure, or not. Yeah. Um and uh, and I joined a, a uh, basically a, an online training course with uh, John Lee Dumas, mm-hmm. uh, Entrepreneur on Fire, to learn how to podcast. And um, and I've, I've basically fallen in love with it. Now I do it. I produce a weekly show, and I love it. Well, that's how I discovered you. I found your Legal Marketing Made Easy podcast, and uh, it's fantastic. And you can't tell from listening that it's bare bones. And that's sort of the message that I want to share with lawyers is that it is possible to do this. It's not tremendously expensive, and it's hugely valuable, I think, to to podcasters, uh, excuse me, to lawyers or anybody who has a business to grow. Whether you're talking about something that's directly on point with your practice or whether you're talking about something else. It, it's uh, a skill builder in, in some ways too. Now, are you a, a techie guy? I mean, did you do most of the stuff yourself? You said you took the, the, you signed up with John Lee Dumas's program and learned from that, but you set yourself up yourself and I, I set my, to be honest, I actually had the podcast up and running. I was probably 10 episodes in before mm. I signed up with John Lee Dumas's program. Okay. And that was a big mistake because <laughs> if I knew what I knew from John's program, mm-hmm. I probably would have done things differently. Um, but I used, um, you're in Southern California. You probably heard of Pat Flynn. Sure. He's got an online tutorial um, on how to start a podcast mm-hmm. in like six steps or something. It's completely free. I actually followed that from beginning to end. And um, uh, the, the, But the problem I found was that some of the material on that was a little bit dated because things – Libsyn has changed. Um, in the past year, they've updated their software so things aren't exactly the same. Right. Uh, so there's some differences with the WordPress plugins you use. Um so, uh, so that's why I switched to, to John's program mm-hmm. and, and I still, to this day, you know, use John's program when I'm trying to learn different things or how to edit podcasts differently and things like that. It's great. You've got a lifetime membership and you just go in and yeah. watch his videos. He's always adding new content. It's great. Cool. So talk about how podcasting has been a benefit to you and uh, has it helped your blog practice and how? Um, I think it's a huge benefit. When I started Legal Marketing Made Easy, um, officially launched Legal Marketing Made Easy, Easy, which was, I think, last October or so, 
The whole idea for me was to test out different concepts and different things that I could do on Legal Marketing Made Easy to see what might work or what might translate well into my law practice. Mm -hmm. And podcasting was one of those things. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm at the point I'm at the point now where I, if you're a lawyer out there thinking about podcasting for your law practice, I think it is a um, an absolutely essential component to a law practice to a law practice um, you know it's something that it's an untapped market most lawyers are not doing it mm-hmm. it's very easy to produce it does take some time but you can hire um, you can hire staff to help you with the production mm-hmm. um, it's not tremendously expensive and if you're comfortable doing it and you're comfortable in front of a microphone now when I first started I was not comfortable in front of a microphone <laughs> I remember hyperventilating the first three or four episodes um, but but now that I'm more comfortable with it, you know, I can basically go on without a script. And, and if I was talking about legal topics that I had a good knowledge of, um, you know, you it really, you know, you can really connect with prospects and clients in a way that you just can't in any other medium. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned the the fear factor, the the stage fright aspect of things a little bit. Were there some other hurdles that you've had to overcome? Um. There's there's always a hurdle whenever you're dealing with technology like this, and um, you know I think that I don't know if the software has gotten better. I did have to upgrade my internet speed because it was taking a long time to upgrade my shows. Yeah, not upgrade, upload, uh, upload my yeah. shows to Libsyn. And if you're not familiar with these terms, I'm sure Gordon, you're going to teach your that's the plan audience about all about Libsyn, which is I'm sure what you're using because it's what most people do. Um, Although there's some other services yep. as well, I guess. Uh, but you know, with aside from that, you do have to have some knowledge of 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 how to use WordPress, how to use some plugins. But to be honest, that stuff is re- well. I say that I'm kind of a techie guy. I think it's pretty easy. Some yeah. people might think it's I'm just crazy. Um, but you know, like I said, if it's not something that you can figure out on your own or don't want to figure out on your own, you can hire somebody that can mm-hmm. help you with that at relatively low cost. I would say a virtual assistant or or something like that that can help you with this. And all you really need to know how to do is plug a microphone into your computer, turn on either Audacity if you're on a, a PC or a Mac, I guess it works mm-hmm. with both, or GarageBand for a Mac, turn it on, talk into the microphone, save the file, and then you, yeah. I mean, that's all you really need to be able to do. If you, if you don't know anything else, you can do that, and then you can hire somebody that can help you with the rest. Terrific, terrific. So talk about your show specifically. What is the format and structure of Legal Marketing Made Easy? And uh, you, you have multiple formats uh, that you use from episode to episode, but um, talk about it a little bit and, and your thought process in getting there. Yeah, so initially it was a solo show. It started out as a solo show. Um, and uh, from time to time, I brought on guests, and the guests that I typically bring on are other solo attorneys that have some sort of that, that there's something about them that makes them special. So I don't typically bring on just any old solo attorney, but you know, I brought on people like um, Jacob Sapochnik because he's kind of the Facebook lawyer, and so he he was on my show once um, to talk about how he's used Facebook to market his law practice. I brought on excuse me, John Fisher, who is a medical malpractice lawyer in New York, but he has published a book and he uses a book to publish his, his, um, or to market his law practice. And, um, and, and so I brought on these different people that, that have, that, that kind of cater to a specific niche or have done really well, um, with certain niches and to talk about why they've done, 
their law practice, why they built their law practice the way they built it, and and to talk about those different media that they use to build their law practice. And so I would say the solo shows are probably 60 to 70% of the shows I do, which is where I'm just talking about different topics related to legal marketing. Um, but then I like to bring on these guests and um, and, and I kind of have a run of them. I'm, I might have three or four at a time and then go back to the solo shows for a little bit. So it's not, it's not as you know, set in stone as some podcasts are, but that's kind of how I do it. Very cool. Very cool. Um, have you found that it's supportive of your law practice? The show itself isn't directly tied to your practice area, but you've been doing it a while. Have you found support for your practice in it or is it really very separate? Um, I've tried to keep it separate and that's intentionally so. I don't necessarily want my I guess that's, I just don't want my clients knowing, I'm sure they could find out if they wanted to, but I I don't really want them to know that I'm, you know, at this point teaching legal marketing. I don't want them to think that I'm focusing any of my time on anything other than their cases. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. Maybe that's a mistake. Maybe it's not a mistake. Um, You know, like I said, they could probably find out about it if they wanted to, but I have not really, I don't publicize it. Okay. I think about it somewhat a little differently coming at it from the other side. And that is that you have now an audience of listeners of your show who are lawyers who are interested in learning how to market their practices, but they also know what kind of work you do and where you do it. And so, you know, every once in a while, there's a possibility one of them is going to have a need to give a referral to somebody who does what you do. And have you seen any of that yet or, or... That is absolutely a possibility. It's not, that's not the goal of my podcast. The goal of my podcast is to help other lawyers to build better law practices for themselves. Um, It's not to try and get referrals from other lawyers. I will say though, if, you know, if somebody were to refer me a case, you know, that, that's, um, that'd be great. Um, I I think that would be unusual Mm -hmm. though, because, you know, I do practice in a state specific issue in a relatively small market here in North Carolina. And I would be frankly surprised if, if somebody, you know, like like from California or or someplace sure. like that, you know, was like, oh, well, I know such and such who is getting a divorce in North Carolina. I suppose it could happen. Mm-hmm. It's not what I'm looking Have for. Have you encountered any colleagues or, or adversaries who are aware of Legal Marketing Made Easy and mentioned it to you or anything like that? Um, I, no, I, I, I will tell you what I, what I have done though, is I have started to make contacts with other lawyers, um, who, and, and I've, I've met through the interview process, mm-hmm. through interviewing different lawyers, and I've started to make these relationships. Sure. And so I would say more so than the listeners, maybe the people I brought on the show. I mean, you ah, know, some of these, yeah. some of these people are pretty big names in the legal sphere mm-hmm. and, um, getting to know them is not a bad thing. I don't think. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's great. Okay. So talk about your workflow a little bit. When you prep for the show, how do you go about doing that? What is the process like for you? You mentioned, um, well, you've mentioned a bunch of that, but, but jump in. Well, every Wednesday is when I do my show and I basically block off my entire day on Wednesdays, not just for podcasting, but for other things related to marketing, um, my law practice. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so I will typically, uh, you know, kind of think about during the week what I'm going to talk about that that one particular week, um, and then Wednesday morning put together a brief outline. Now it used to be much more in depth. I used to script out my show, um, you know, every single bit that I wanted to talk about. Now I, it's more like bullet points. I just have kind of a sheet of paper with a bunch of bullet points. Um, these are the things I'm going to talk about today, 
and then I go. And it's because I've become much more comfortable in front of the microphone that I can do that. Uh, at first, I was unable to do that. I literally, when I say I hyperventilated the first couple episodes, I remember the first time I turned on the mic, within the first 10 seconds, I had to push the pause button because I was breathing so hard and so deeply that I, I literally couldn't talk anymore. Um, now it's obviously not that difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of the way I do it. So I script out my show just basically with an outline of bullet points, things I want to talk about, or maybe I came across an article that I thought was interesting, so I'll kind of take some points away from that and use it in the show. Mm -hmm. Um, Or maybe I heard another podcast that talked about a subject that I thought was interesting. That was kind of, this past week I I did one of those, um, I heard a podcast with um, Joe Polish and Dean Jackson from I Love Marketing, and I thought it was they did this this whole episode on branding, and I thought, well, that's great because so many lawyers make this mistake of trying to brand their law practice, and I can talk about that. So, yeah. so that's what I did this past week, um, and then uh, so then basically I get online, I or not online, but I record the show. Um, after I'm done recording the show, I you know basically save it and uh, edit it a little bit. Sometimes I'll edit out the ums and ahs, but I don't do it as much as I used to. Um, add my intro and outro, upload it, tag it. And uh, set it to uh, launch on Thursday morning around 3 a.m. Oh, very interesting. So you mentioned – so you set aside the whole day Wednesday for marketing, not just the podcast. But um, I want to address the sort of big objection that many people have expressed about about podcasting is, oh, it takes so much time to produce this content, to produce this media. What are your thoughts on that subject? The podcast itself takes me a roughly two to three hours to produce, mm-hmm. I would say. Um and that's just because the podcast itself might take me 40 minutes to record mm-hmm. and then it might take me, you know, a half hour, 40 minutes to, to edit it and get it to where I want to. And then I also, in, you don't have to do this, but I try and spend a good deal of time uh, writing out a nice blog post. Mm-hmm. So I really, I actually listen to the whole podcast a second time um, and make notes of everything I covered and put that into a show notes page on my blog. Um, and that takes a lot of time. If I did not do that, if I just simply recorded the podcast, added the intro and outro and tagged it and uploaded it, I could be done with the podcast, you know, in an hour, hour and a half. And, um, and also if you shorten the length of time of the podcast, Mm -hmm. you know, if you're in, um, a law firm and you wanted to do a little quick uh, you know, 10 or 15 minute bits, you could record three, four, five of them at a time and set them to launch on different days. I mean, you could do it one day a week and have five weeks worth of shows uploaded. So I don't think it would take that long to do if, if I was doing it for my law practice. And if you have staff that you can train to do that blog post, you know, listen to the show and take some notes and make the blog post or, you know, whatever some of those post-production tasks are that, that are a little bit time consuming. Sure. But you know, you don't, it doesn't have to be a lawyer at hundreds of dollars an hour doing, <laughs> sitting there doing those things. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. And, and I, and I actually would recommend that. Yeah. I, I would recommend that. Um, I like doing it, so I do it, but I, I probably shouldn't be doing it, to okay. be honest. So what, in your opinion, is it about podcasting that makes it an effective marketing tool? Well, actually, before we go there, I'm going to ask you that question, but I'd also like you to address what other marketing initiatives you employ for your practice and just generally, and sort of why do you think podcasting fits well in that equation? Uh, well, for my law practice specifically, like I said, I talk about mm-hmm. and um, – and I preach permission-based direct response marketing. So what I do for my law practice is I basically have written a um, a free report. It's it's not really a report. I mean, it's like 50 pages long. Mm-hmm. But it's basically how to hire and find the right divorce lawyer for your case in North Carolina. 
And then it goes through a bunch of different practical tips, things you should ask your lawyers if you're if you're thinking about a divorce. Um, should you move out? Should you not move out? Other things that you should or shouldn't be doing um, if you're in that situation. And then what people will do is I advertise that guide through Google AdWords. I also put it on my website. And people will download that. And, uh, and then they'll get a series of follow-up emails from me providing a lot of value um, added information. And eventually at some point they may call and, and schedule a, con- uh, a consult with me. And mm-hmm. a lot of times I can always tell the ones who – I do get a good number of people that just call because they found my website because I'm optimized pretty mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can always tell the clients that have spent a lot of time reading through my materials because they come in basically pre-sold on my law practice. And – and where I see podcasting fitting into that is just another medium to use, um, you know. And think about it: if you, if if you're in a situation like I am, and you've got a divorce podcast, um, you know, and you're thinking about, and you're in a situation where you're thinking about divorce, um, what better way to get information than to download some divorce podcasts that your spouse are never going to know you downloaded <laughs> and, and listen to them in the car on the way to or from work. And then you're going to get intimately connected with that attorney. And when it comes time to actually make that call um, and make that decision, then you already know a whole lot of information. Um, you're not doing it in front of a computer screen that your spouse can see you doing it on or maybe can find it on your computer. You're not doing it you know, at work where you might get in trouble or somebody's going to find out what you're doing. You know, you can listen to it in the privacy of your car, um, you could you or could listen to it while you're doing the dishes, yeah. and your spouse isn't going to know, you know, and um, you know, or when you're out walking the dog or exercising mm-hmm. or something. And that's what's so powerful about it because you've got these people in your ear that are giving you information that you want to hear about, and it's so niched. I mean, you can you can give a podcast about anything, and there's somebody out there that's going to want that information, and and that's what I think is so powerful about it. Yeah. Thank you. What would you say your favorite moment from your podcasting experience has been so far? My favorite moment? Oh, boy. Um, I think the interviews, just in general, mm-hmm. the interviews. I love talking to these other attorneys. Um, I love building these relationships. Um, and so, I mean, there's some interviews that I've done that, that are better than others and there's some that are worse than others. But I would say in general, the interviews that I've done, um, getting to know these other lawyers um, and, 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 and sharing information that I know is helping other lawyers out there that are trying to start a law practice or build a law practice, that's kind of my favorite moment. The other thing I'll say is I've gotten a lot of positive feedback, um, whether it be, you know, I've got 24 five-star reviews on iTunes or just people emailing me and saying, hey, I love, you know, what you're doing. It's it, You're providing a lot of great information, a lot of great content. Um, that makes me feel really good. And I, and I really, that just makes me want to get up and do more of it. Um, and so I would say that's kind of what, what I enjoy most about it. Okay. Any, any nightmare moments that you've had? Uh, when I do a great show like this and I realize I didn't record it, (laughs) (laughs) that's everybody's nightmare. (laughs) No, um, no, you know, I always, sometimes I'll finish up a show and I'll say some things on it and think, you know, did I really just say that? Maybe I shouldn't have said that. Um, but then I think about it again. I think, you know what? Um, there's, you know, the people that are the most polarizing are the people that are the most successful. You know, if you're trying to please everybody, you're just going to be vanilla. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't, Howard Stern didn't get to where he is by, by trying to please everybody. You know, um, 
you know, so Glenn Beck didn't get word to where he is by trying to please everybody. So, you know, it's okay to offend some people with what you're saying, um, even though that's something that scares me sometimes because, you know, not everybody's going to, you know, like what I say, uh, but that's okay because there's going to be a lot of people that do like what I say. And yeah. the people that do like what I say, you know, follow me religiously and that, that you know, that's how I get through that. Yeah, well, it sort of lets you be the leader of a tribe in a way, doesn't it? And, uh, I would say so. You must have read Seth Godin. <laughs> Actually, yes, and also uh, Dave Logan's book, Tribal Leadership, is a fantastic resource. I, I have not heard of that one. Yeah. I should read that. Yeah. Well, what advice would you offer a lawyer starting out in podcasting? Just do it. Um, I had my, my microphone. Um, I had ordered my microphone. I swear to God, it sat in my desk drawer for probably two months before I got up the nerve to actually record an episode. And I always made an excuse for why I couldn't do it. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, just do it. You know, nothing, there's, there's a book uh, by Robert Ringer, Action, Nothing Happens Until Something Moves. You know, mm -hmm. that the people that, that, that take action and just move on these ideas are the ones that are going to be the most successful. And, you know, you can think about it till you're blue in the face. Uh, but if you never take action, you know, you're never going to have a podcast. That's great. That's great. Anything else you'd like to share with the audience here on the show? Um, no, no. I, I think uh, just if, if you're a lawyer out there that's thinking about podcasting, I think it's, um, it's a great medium. And, you know, there's going to be a lot of, I, th I think going into the future, uh, you know, Gordon, if you, I don't know if you've talked about this or not on your podcast yet, but you know, I know that some of the car industries, um, some of the car manufacturers have actually entered into contracts with, yeah. you know, iTunes and, um, and Stitcher Radio to put these types of devices in directly into the car. So coming going forward here in the next couple of years, you're going to start to see podcasting becoming every bit as common as listening to the radio in your car. And so, I mean, we live at such an amazing time where you can actually, you know, sit down on your computer, record something, and then it can go out to the, I mean, here you found me, you're in California, yeah. you know, through a podcast, through something I recorded on my computer. That's crazy. You know, think that we could do that even 10 or 15 years ago would have just been nuts. But um, it's just an awesome form of media and uh and it's a lot of fun too i mean it's just you meet people that's that I, can i say one other thing i'm sure, sorry yeah, I'm, please i'm long-winded here but one of the other huge benefits to doing a podcasting to a podcast if you're a lawyer is it gives you a great opportunity to get in front of referral sources and um and make them feel good about your law practice. You know, if, uh, you know, I, so I'm trying to think what would be a good, well, for me, for a good example, if I was a, um, if I was looking to marriage counselors who are a good source of referrals for me, sure. you know, I could put a marriage therapist on my podcast and do an, an episode where they talk about their practice and what they do for people and some tips they might have for clients that are going through divorce. Mm -hmm. And, you know, all of a sudden I've just put them on a pedestal. Um, not only do I get to know them better because, you know, some people might be hard to reach out to if you don't have something like this that you can um, reach out to them with. Uh, but, but now I've given them a reason to refer their clients back to my podcast and say, oh, I was on, you know, this, you know, North Carolina divorce podcast and, yeah. and, and here you can listen to this episode. And then all of a sudden I'm in front of the clients as well. So, you know, it's just a win, win, win for everybody. It's good for the clients. It's good for you know, the people you bring on as guests, it's good for you. And, and, and also it helps you just 
hone your presentation skills. Yeah. So and that's one of the great. things. Yeah, and that's one of the things I really want to to emphasize for my listeners is is you know you don't have to do a podcast about your area of law. You you mentioned sort of doing a, a North Carolina law a, a divorce podcast or something like that, and bringing on those marriage therapists or marriage counselors. You could just as easily do a podcast that is about how to make a marriage work or how to oh, yeah. how to have a, a successful family life or something like that. And you bring on those same kinds of people who are going to be good referral sources, and you're, you're it gives you an excuse to build your network of those kinds of people gives them value and it provides something that listeners will listen to when they're not ready to get a divorce but when the time comes they'll remember you so yeah yeah, yeah i think you've really hit on on a lot of the great reasons that podcasting is such a powerful marketing tool yeah, that, that, you're absolutely right. Absolutely right. Well, thank you so much. This has been a really terrific interview, Jim Hart. I know I've learned a lot about you and about your practice and and, uh, and and marketing as well, and I'm sure our listeners have too. So I'm really grateful for your time and insights. Thanks for joining me. Oh, you're welcome. How can our listeners get a hold of you? Um, well, you can go to uh, LegalMarketingMadeEasy.com, and the podcast is found at LegalMarketingMadeEasy.com slash iTunes. And in addition, I have a um, uh, basically a, th- a free three-part video training series that I offer, um, which you can find at LegalMarketingMadeEasy.com slash academy. And, um, and then you can get access to that, and it's got some, some great training on things you need to be doing if you're thinking about starting up your law practice. All right. Well, great. Thank you so much. I want to say thanks also to you, the listeners of the show. If you don't mind, please take a moment to send us your comments and suggestions on the website at lawpodcaster.com. And of course, a review on the iTunes store would be very, very welcome. And that about wraps it up for this episode of the Law Podcasting Podcast. If you're interested in podcasting for your law podcast, please visit lawpodcasting.com and I'll send you my free law podcasting resource guide. I'm launching the Power Podcasting for Lawyers course very soon. And you'll be added to the early VIP notification list, early bird list. And until next time, I'll say, keep podcasting.